Gentlemen, more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Today, we've got our NFL player projections for week number four. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and here to break it down with me, one of the top rankers in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? I heard you're feeling a little under the weather. Yeah, yeah, not feeling great, but you know what would make me feel a little bit better talking football? So, ready to rock. Uh, I saw you're off to a hot start. I think we're both at 69% um, on the season. So we need to go celebrate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Had a, pretty, <laughs> had a good week. I think it was 5-2 and two last week, 5-1 uh, and one on Sunday. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good week. And uh, But uh, if you want to feel better, uh, you did sweep me in props uh, in, oh, for this pod. Nice. So you went 2-0, you went and, and I went 0-1 oh because the Browning never. Yeah. So you got to figure out a, a way. Maybe you have to do give me 3-1, one, an extra 1-1 one, one week. And Nakua's prop ended up being 65 so that that was pretty close, but he he finished with what five catches? So yeah, five for seventy two. Yeah, for this episode we go through each of our top fives at, at all of the positions players were high and low on, and of course we throw out some props. So let's get right into it with quarterback Sean. Who are your top five for week four? Uh, so I have Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Justin Fields at number five. Whoa! Yeah, back, I, huh? that scared me too. I, I don't know why, but he's there. <laughs> Early week projections, love it. Uh, I got, <laughs> I got Allen, Hurts, Mahomes, Herbert, and uh, Tua. Leave uh, Tua in that there. Looks, looks like it's going to be a shootout, but yeah. Uh, who are you high on? Uh, so I'm high on Daniel Jones this week uh, against the Seahawks. Uh, you know, he he's had two duds this year, but both were against really good defenses and the Cowboys and Niners. Uh, and he finished QB1 in his lone easy matchup uh, against the Cardinals. So he has a good matchup uh, uh, this week against Seattle. Uh, they've allowed all three quarterbacks to throw for more than 320 yards. Um, their defense should improve if they get, you know, Jamal Adams, Reek Woolen back this week. But they, they tend to allow a ton of plays. Um, you know, each of the last three seasons, they've allowed the top three uh, plays per game. So the added play volume should help. Jones and I, I think this is this is a good week to invest in him um you know the the Niners did a good job containing him you know with his rushing upside last week but I think he's going to have a good game on the ground and I think this is a week where you know he and Darren Waller specifically will get going so he's he's in my top seven right now uh so I'm super high on Daniel Jones this week yeah he's my QB6 in early projections nice. as well um you know Seahawks defense just a totally different 
<laughs> outfit, as you as you alluded to, than the 49ers. So I know 49ers yeah. players are like making fun of Daniel Jones, like, damn, I can't believe he got all this bread. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, when you're a good ass defense like that, I guess you can talk shit. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on DJ. Uh, for me, it's a couple of guys, Brock Purdy. Uh, I have him as a top 10 quarterback this week against the Cardinals, uh, who, as you mentioned, gave up that big game to Daniel Jones. Uh, I really like what Purdy's doing in this Niner offense is doing. I mean, they put up, you know, upward high 20s or 30s in almost every start that he's played in. So it's, you know, it's time. To, we, we know that quarterback implied point totals are very correlated because yep. quarterbacks are usually going to score about 60 to 70% of the team's touchdowns, whether it's passing or, or rushing. So, uh, love Purdy in this matchup against the Cardinals with a, you know, you're, we're expecting the Niners to score 30 plus uh, in this one. And then Russell Wilson, I have him uh, as a, you know, fringe QB one as well. He's QB 17 in ECR. Uh, and, you know, this Bears defense, uh, if there's a defense that could potentially be as worse as the Broncos, uh, it is the Chicago <laughs> Bear defense. So, you know, I, I'm going to continue to, to, I was hiring Wilson last week. I'm going to continue to ride Wilson here. It's, Better than last year, not perfect. Uh, still, I think the scripted portion, Sean Payton's scripted portion of the game is better uh, than, you know, the uh, like the second half or whatever. But overall, I think Wilson should still be in that QB1 uh, discussion. And ECR has him, you know, way kind of a mid-range QB2. Yeah, like Marvin Mims' emergence uh, yeah. is huge for him. He's only averaging, what, like a 35% Restaurant rate, and he's still topping seven yards a game. So that I think that's really huge for Wilson too. Yeah, yeah, Wilson. Uh, you know, Mims is Mims is interesting because he didn't even uh, run play. He hasn't played that much on offense yet. It's yeah. been just he's like a Canarius Tony where when he's in there you target him. But uh, there's some room to grow there. And yeah, I think you know Judy only you know getting healthier uh, should help Wilson yeah. as well. So this Bears uh, this Bears defense, what are they? Yeah, top fifth most uh, court points allowed to quarterbacks through three weeks uh who are you low on uh, i'm low on lamar jackson uh mainly because he's playing the browns this week so he opens the week as my qb 10 um and you know last week he only threw for 202 yards no touchdowns but you know he was able to salvage uh his fantasy day with 100 yards on the ground and two touchdowns but just we we haven't seen the volume in the passing game we expected in this new scheme under todd munkin and maybe you know he's going to get going once he's a little bit more comfortable and the new scheme, but this week he just has an absolutely brutal matchup. You know, the Browns defense has been dominant so far. Um, you know, they, they've held Burrow and Ryan Tannehill to less than 105 yards passing. Um, plus, you know, the Ravens have been dealing with injuries in their offensive line. So this probably isn't the week to, you know, rank Lamar in your top five. Um, you probably still have to play him this week. Like I said, he's my QB uh, 10. But uh, we have to temper our expectations when anybody is facing the Browns right now. So he's he's more of a low end QB one for me this week. Yeah, I have him. I have him seven, so a little higher. Um, I think you're. I think Fields is the guy that's jumping him. <laughs> yeah, where do you have Fields? <laughs> uh, might... I have Fields eight. Uh, no, no, nine. Oh. Sorry, nine. Okay, sorry. that that makes sense then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I agree. This is a little bit of a kind of a you know. Jax is not a bona fide top five quarterback yeah. uh, this week. Uh, for me, uh, I am low on Joe Burrow. He's my QB 14 uh, to start mm -hmm. the week. And that's just because, you know, he doesn't look quite healthy. And so I think this is going to be kind of the new norm. Uh, it's not going to be quite as explosive. He's going to get the ball out a little bit quicker. 
and uh, you're playing this Titan team who they haven't been great against the pass. They're better. Uh, they're a run fu- uh, pass funnel defense, but uh, you're looking at a pretty low scoring game, especially for the Bengals. You know, usually we're projecting the Bengals to score 26, 27, 28 points. I haven't projected for about 22 right now on the road in Tennessee in a, in a, the game with, a game with a total of 41 and a half. So uh, just not as much touchdown equity to go around here. Uh, you're really going to depend on Burrow to get, you know, two, three touchdowns and them not rush for any or, or anything like that. So a uh, little lower on Burrow this week to start the week. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, like I was surprised he even played this week. Um, and he's obviously the type of quarterback that doesn't use his legs, you know, to, to generate offense, but he does use his legs to escape the pocket. Like his efficiency yeah. goes way up when he's outside the pocket. So if he's having to stay inside the pocket more because he doesn't have that mobility, it will start to Im- impact his passing game as well. So yeah, low on him as well. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, usually he scrambles about 4% of the time. Mm-hmm. And this year he's only scrambling, he scrambled less than 1% of the time. So right. I kind of factor that stuff in, you know, design runs, scrambles, things like that. And yeah, Burrow's rushing projection is also now one of the lowest of any quarterback. So yeah. that, that knocks him down a few points, or not a few points, but a few tenths of a point, which does make a big difference mm-hmm. in these QB rankings. Uh, okay. Uh, prop. This is going to be interesting. I got to go with Tua. Tua Tungavailoa <laughs> oh, passing God. yards because, you know, we just came off this monster game against the Broncos. Um, now you're playing the Bills who have a better defense, but you're, the total is 53 and a half. So uh, I'm going to go Tua Tungavailoa passing yards. Let's go uh, 285 and a half. Wow. Okay. Um a little bit higher than I thought, but I was right there. Like two seventy eight and a half is my line. Um, it's really tough to take his under, but like you said, I think this is a tougher matchup. Um, so I'll, I'll take the under here, but that's that's super close. Nice. Yeah, I I, I don't want no. I don't, Were you hoping really for tough. the under there? <laughs> no, I, yeah, I was hoping you took the under because I, I. It's one of those things where I feel like the, the like the median is so tough for him. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean. It could be one of those games where the Dolphins struggle and he still throws for a lot. Um, although the Dolphins might just go to the Super Bowl. It's gonna be it's gonna be like yeah. Chiefs Dolphins AFC Championship game and the Chiefs win like fifty four forty eight on some like <laughs> rid- ridiculousness. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like two is concussed like in overtime uh, or something. Hopefully not. I hope he stays healthy. <laughs> All right. Uh with the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for some delicious, convenient meals. For jam-packed days, Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You will save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. There are three main things we love about Factor. Number one, no chopping, prepping, or cleaning up. Uh, Number two, you get flavor and the nutritional quality you need to tackle challenging topics like what Sean Payton is going to do with his defense and Vance Joseph. And uh, number three, factors, fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So run your own two-minute drill with Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Select your meals and enjoy fresh meals delivered to your door. Just head to factormeals.com slash actionnetworkpod50 and use code actionnetworkpod50. That's 5-0 to get 50% off. That's code actionnetworkpod50 at factormeals.com slash actionnetworkpod50 to get 50% off. All right, running back, Sean, who you got in your top five? So I got Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard, B. John Robinson, Travis Etienne, and Josh Jacobs. Uh, I got 
McCaffrey, Pollard, Bijan, Kyron Williams, and ETN. Oh, Kyron, nice. Yeah, I mean, he played 100 percent snaps last night. I, yeah, like you know, he didn't didn't, <laughs> but the he got overthrown on a couple of targets. But overall, mm-hmm. it's like is he's just you can't get you can't really get better than 100 percent snaps. <laughs> no, like, just... <laughs> running back like this is it's absurd. Uh, I, all right, yeah, I mean the the top five is wide open because no Nick Chubb. Yeah, you know? yep. And then uh, Eckler and Barkley, who knows if they do play, you know, how effective they'll be. So, yeah, I think the top five this week, outside of McCaffrey, obviously, is pretty wide open. So I, I might get there. You know, I'm big Kyron fan. He might make my top five. But right now it's wide open after McCaffrey for me. Uh, I, th- I mean, here's another candidate for the top five. Uh, who, uh, who are you uh, hiding? I, oh, I, who, I, I, the guy oh, you're about to mention. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, this guy is a candidate for sure. Zach Moss. Yeah. Um, you know, he had another big game, 30 carries, 122 yards, caught a touchdown. I mean, he is dominating playing time right now. Trey Sermon did mix in a little bit on passing downs, but it wasn't enough to really matter. Um, so I think we get one more really, really good week from us at home against the Rams. And then next week is when it gets interesting because we don't know what's up with Jonathan Taylor. Um, so Moss, I, I mean, I'm curious, what are you doing if you have Moss right now? Is he like a, the ultimate buy or the ultimate sell? Um, depending on how things shake out, like, what are you doing if you have him right now? Cause he's obviously, he's a top 10 back. He's my RB eight right now, I think. Um, so again, he's a must play this week, but after that, what are you thinking? I almost, I think I'd rather hold him because I think the, like at this point, we still feel like, uh, you know, Taylor's coming back, but. I you know, I don't think you're gonna get the value for him because everyone else is, thinks Taylor's gonna come <laughs> back. So I'd rather hold him on the off chance that like this Taylor thing, like he just stays on uh what is it, the pup list or uh, or you yeah. know, they trade it like you know what I mean? I feel like I'm just holding him because I, I don't think I can get fair value for him because everyone's gonna be like, right. No, like you gotta give me a discount because uh he might only start for one more week. So I don't you know what I mean? I, I don't really think I could get good value. Yeah, and like if if they trade Taylor Way or something, he's a league winner for sure. Right. I right. think the the savage thing to do, I think, is to have both, have both, and then hopefully Taylor gets traded to like somewhere, uh, and you have two RB ones or something like that. But yeah, this is this is a week where people have to decide what they want to do with them, and I I think having both these guys uh, makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I mean, because and also. I- I rat, you know, like you said, he's a top ten running back this week. You might as well just get that last, like if, if yeah. Taylor comes back, you might as well still get that last good week of value. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't trade him because I just don't think you get. I think there's more value in just having like a top ten running back for this week and yeah. uh, and and potentially having a uh, for the rest of the year if Taylor gets traded because you know no one's going to really say, oh yeah, I'm going to break the bank to, to <laughs> right. for Zach Moss, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, for me, yeah, high on Kyron Williams. I already mentioned it, but he played 100 percent of the snaps in week three. Uh, he only caught two of his seven targets, so Stafford was kind of overthrowing him. Stafford mm. came, like started the game really weird in, in that sense. I, like it wasn't really Kyron's fault at all. He just kept like missing on these short throws. It looked like uh, old school Zach Wilson out there, <laughs> uh, just whiffing on these short throws. But overall, like I said, running backs, it's all about snaps. Kyron Williams played 100 percent of the snaps. Did not come off the field. Uh, and that, you know, even with a slow game, uh, relatively, that's still worth uh, a lot. So love Kyron, who's still the RB10 in consensus. I think he should be uh, a top five guy. Um, uh, who you all on? Uh, so I'm alone a couple of guys. Uh, both these guys, I, were, I, I was high on entering the season. Um, the first one's A.J. Dillon. 
against the Lions. You know, when Aaron Jones is healthy, um, Dylan just hasn't been able to offer consistent RB3 flex value. That's kind of why I liked him heading in the season. Uh, but I, I always thought, you know, he was a potential RB2, like a high-end RB2 if Aaron Jones were to miss time. And two weeks now, Aaron Jones is out, and Dylan has posted dud. So, like, I, I'm on the fence with him. Like, I think he's droppable in shallow leagues because I think Aaron Jones will probably return this week. But just he hasn't showed the upside if Aaron Jones misses time, and you can't trust him when Aaron Jones is healthy. So I am really low on A.J. Dillon this week and going forward as a result. Uh, and similar concept with Antonio Gibson. Uh, you know, I was drafting him in the – RB3 flex range thinking you know he'd provide that even when Brian Robinson was healthy you know he's the pass catching back he'll be great in you know negative game scripts maybe even leapfrog Brian Robinson uh but just it hasn't been there and you know last week was the perfect game script for them you know the commanders lost by 30 um and he ran a ton of routes but he only caught three passes so um can't trust him and it doesn't look like he's gonna leapfrog Brian Robinson and even if Brian Robinson misses time it could be Chris Rodriguez that picks up most of the work. So these are two backs that I was admittedly pretty high on uh, as like high upside backups entering the season. But the past, you know, few games, I am really down on both these backs. Yeah, Gibson, he just couldn't get it going. He caught, he got, he had five targets and three catches for 11 yards, seven yards, actually seven yards, three for seven. So yeah, it's in an ideal game script for him too. Just ideal. Yeah. I'm low on, uh, this is going to be funny. I'm low on Raheem Moster and Devon Achain. And, <laughs> right. It's it, listen, uh, you know, last week was the week, you know, uh, congratulations if you started one or both of those guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously Mostert was a must start, but, uh, this week, you know, the ECR on Mostert is RB seven and the ECR on Achain is 24. Now I get it. You know, they're coming off the, what, the historic four touchdown games each. But uh, Miami running backs had 53 touches in week three. Uh, That is about double what you would have in a normal game. And for some context, the Bills uh, against running backs have only given up uh, 64 touches in three games to back opposing backfield. So, like, this was just a massive outlier in terms of their usage. And, you know, even if you like – let's say you like Mostert, um, I still still think RB7 is too high, but – uh, there's no way you can project a chain just 17 spots after him, uh, especially in this kind of matchup. You know, if it was a, a bad run defense or something like that, but the Bills really they gave up that they gave up like one big run to uh, Brees Hall, one big run to mm. uh, Brian yeah. Robinson, but it hasn't been like a consistent like oh this is just a terrible run defense or anything like that. Um, and again, if they they're a, a threat to get ahead in games and that would make Miami less likely to run the football because you know they have Tua and Tyreek so they don't need to run uh so yeah I think I think both of these guys are too high most are still in that RB1 you know top 12 discussion uh HN is more of an RB3 though you know obviously he's probably going to fill that that Jeff Wilson role behind Mostert uh or maybe even leapfrog him at some point but uh right now you know I, I don't think you can have both of these guys in the top 24 against against the Bills right right I think you know, people's expectations will probably be a bit too lofty. Don't expect another 40-point performance from both these guys. Uh, I put out a tweet that day. Raheem Moser had over 140 yards and four touchdowns and wasn't even the highest-scoring running back on his own team. That was just Nuts. incredible. Just Nuts. incredible. Uh, oh. but that's, that, that, yeah, uh, they're very tricky to project this week. But like you said, this is a tougher matchup. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just like to get two running backs in the top 24, it has to be a very special situation. Yeah. Uh, period. And, and uh, I don't think this is quite it. Uh, that Denver defense is probably going to go down. It's, it's a lot worse than people thought coming into the year. Uh, all right. What are you doing for a prop? Well, I'm going right to the Dolphins' backfield. Let's go, <laughs> Devon Achan. Actually, I think he he said after the game it's Achan or something like that. Oh, Achan's uh, oh. super cool. So you know, we'll stick with that. But I think it's Achan. I think he okay. corrected it for the record. Achan. Okay. Achan. Uh, but let's go total rushing and receiving yards for him. Okay. Um, I'm going to set the line at sixty-seven and a half. Uh, under. I have it. I'm in the mid fifties uh, still. Oh, I guess, damn. You know, it's it's still like like this. It's you know coming off this game. Uh, it's just like there's like you said, there's no way to project it really accurately. <laughs> like, but the bottom line is there's just so many touches to go around on a normal game in the backfield. So for, I, I think to hit that, you know, you would either have to break another big play, which is possible, yeah. or um, you know, cut into Mostert even more, which is also possible, but. As of now, I still have Mostert as the lead back. Uh, yeah. I still have A-chan as the number two. Uh, so, yeah, I got to go under there. Yeah, he is a big play threat. I think that's the thing with him. He might be more of a boom-bust play than people realize. Like, he, he could have, you know, like a down game and then a big game. Like, I don't think he's going to be necessarily consistent week to week. But he has that big play upside. That's why I think, you know, the Dolphins drafted him. But I don't think the consistency is going to be there. Yeah, and I, I mean, there's it's also possible he leapfrogs most or more so gets hurt, which in that case, right? Then then you would get uh, yeah. And I think at guy. this point, like uh, Ahmed, you know, once he returns, it doesn't matter. Like obviously he leapfrogged him. I think even once Jeff Wilson returns, I don't think that matters. So I think he has solidified himself at least as the RB two. And yeah, most are you know he's been an injury risk his entire career. So if if he misses time, that maybe that's when we start ranking a chain a chan as you know like a rb1 rb2 fringe but only in that scenario yeah and i wonder you know miami might have to might trade one of these guys i mean if because i heard ahmed was having a really good camp and that's why he was playing uh early too so i mean maybe you trade will i mean because like what are you gonna do with wilson when he comes back (laughs) remember this is the team that was supposedly gonna get like dalvin cook or uh, like all these guys now they have now they have too many running backs they gotta trade them away yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh it's nuts um okay let's go to wide receiver who you got top five uh justin jefferson tyree kill keenan allen uh stefan diggs and aj brown uh i got jefferson hill allen uh, Devonte adams and jamar chase nice uh who you high on uh so i'm high on rasheed rice um just because i think he might be on the verge of the breakout we thought might happen this season uh, but he, he saw his routes run rate break 50% for the first time. It was 51%. Um, that had mostly to do with, you know, Richie James on IR, Kadarius Tony's banged up, but what's new? Um, and he had a nice five catch 59 yard game. Um, and anybody that could potentially emerge as a top two or three option uh, for Mahomes is worth monitoring. Um, can't trust him this week in, you know, normal size leagues, especially, you know, against the Jets. But if I'm in deeper leagues or just medium sized leagues, I think it's worth to add him and stash him just in case because, you know, he has the talent. This depth chart's wide open, so he could end up, you know, being a top two receiver. Um, so monitoring him. And Josh Palmer uh, against the Raiders. You know, obviously Mike Williams, unfortunately, done for the season. And while they did add first-round pick uh, Quentin Johnson, you know, to have more depth insurance in case 
Keenan Allen or Mike Williams went down. Uh, he's still behind Palmer. Um, he, he is a pretty raw prospect, uh, has a ton of upside, but I, I just don't think it's there yet. So I think Palmer's going to be the wide receiver too right now. Um, you know, he stepped up big when he did last year. So the, the guy to add and use right now is Josh Palmer. I think if I'm in a deeper league and you just want to stash somebody with upside, go with Quentin Johnson. I think that could happen maybe in the second half of the season. But right now, Josh Palmer is definitely like a wide receiver three option. Yeah, I I, I think Palmer is that guy. You know, he's that guy that's going to have to step up. Um, Johnson's been having a bit of bit of a problem so far. Like he's, yeah. he's just been struggling. Uh, so Palmer, he got that. What did he get? Like a lucky was it a touchdown or I remember seeing something tipped into his uh, into his hands in that in that Charger game, Charger uh, Viking game. Um, I think it was a touchdown. Uh, yeah, but either way, yeah, 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 yeah. Either way, yeah, like uh, like Palmer as well. Uh, and Rice too. Yeah, I think Rice is on the upswing. Um, crowded wide receiver room, but yeah, um, I do think he has some talent. He's got to stop dropping passes, man. Every time I look up, <laughs> he's dropping a pass. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm high on going right back. You know, said I think I'm pretty sure I said this last week, but Tutu Atwell, man. Uh, <laughs> he's the wide receiver 36 in consensus. He's my wide receiver 12 to open the week. Uh, he's run around on 94 percent of the dropbacks. He's averaging five uh, 0.4 catches for 82 yards. Uh, on just under nine targets per game. He's also getting a carry per game, uh, and the Colts are giving up the seventh most fancy points to wide receivers. So, uh, you know, I know Puka is getting all the the, the noise, but Tutu, and Tutu almost had a second touchdown. He, yeah. I don't know if he stepped out on that play. Like, <laughs> he, he said he stepped out because his like his the shadow of his foot went over the out-of-bounds line, but it looked like the front of his foot hit inbounds, and that was just the shadow. So he might have should have had two touchdowns. Uh, then yeah. people would have probably ranked him higher, but as it stands, yeah, I think this, this guy's at no like no worse than a wide receiver too, um, right now in fantasy. Just the way the, like the Rams are playing, guys aren't coming off the field, and uh, you know they probably left some point, left some production on the field uh, in, on Monday night. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I was like plus twenty against ECR last week. I, people are sleeping on Tutu. Obviously, Puka is the top you know target, but Tutu's been right there. Uh, mainly at the expense of, you know, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby. But um, and this is going to be fascinating. If uh, Cooper Cup returns next week, I think he could be closer to 100%. Like how we're going to project this, you know, target share is going to be fascinating to me. Because, yeah, like Tutu should still be seeing targets. Puka, obviously, it's going to be fascinating to see. Oh, yeah. It's the Rams team. Like this offense, <laughs> suddenly high-powered offense. We didn't even, you know, we're kind of like, sleeping yeah. on it coming into the year especially once cup, cup got hurt but uh yep. sean mcveigh doing sean mcveigh things uh okay who are you low on um so i, I mean i would just be cautious with brandon Ayuk. um you know if he suits up you know they he might be a little bit limited you know both Ayuk and debo are banged up so probably don't need them to beat the cardinals i think they might lean on mccaffrey and kittle a bit more in this game. Plus, I do for some uh, regression in terms of catch rate. He has an 80% catch, catch rate this year with a, a dot of 14. Uh, so something's got to give there. And I think, you know, he's going to be pushing wide receiver one value this year when he's 100% healthy. I don't think that's going to be this week. So just be careful with him if he does suit up. He's more of a high-end uh, wide receiver three for me, at least early in the week. Uh, and the other guy is Michael Gallup. You know, he finally had a useful game. For fantasy last week, caught six balls, 92 yards. But the the underlying usage has still been a concern. You know, he's only seeing a target on 12% of his routes. His A dot is actually higher this year at 12.2. You know, we thought 
it sounded like they were saying they were going to give him more high percentage looks. That hasn't come to fruition. Uh, you know, Brandon Cooks returned to action last week, and CeeDee Lamb had a down game. So uh, I think Lamb's going to bounce back next week at the expense of Gallup. So as of now, like, Gallup probably needs, uh, you know, Cooks or Lamb to miss time to trust him. But just because he had the big game, I wouldn't put him in your lineup. The, the underlying usage is definitely a concern still for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and, you know, as Cooks gets healthier, um, yeah. you know, it's probably not going to be there. For Gallup, uh, I am low on Drake London. Uh, I have a closer to wide receiver 50s, wide receiver 40 in, in ECR. <laughs> uh, you know, it's really just, you know, you're, you're not projecting this Falcon offense for a ton of passing yards. And, um, you know, with the way London has been playing i mean he's had two or fewer receptions in two three games it's the consistency is just not there so it's like you're banking on him to have like a, a bunch of targets and actually produce with this low volume pass offense so uh you know i just there's we still have no bye week so i just think there are a lot of a lot better receivers yeah. you could be starting right now and kind of have to just give it a a wait and see with uh with drake london because if, if pitts is healthy and Bijan is healthy it's going to be really co- uh, tough for Pitts and London to be uh, consistent on a weekly basis. Yeah, and like if Cordell Patterson returns at some point, like what plan they have for him? We'll only cut into these guys even more, but this is just the offense where like elite pass catchers go to die. It's such a shame that <laughs> Drake London and Kyle Pitts are on this team. All right, uh, let's see. Prop. Uh, yeah, let's go with Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen in the revenge uh, game because he's been he's been putting up some numbers. Uh, recently, and uh, I guess we don't know for sure if it's going to be Dalton or Young. It looks probably going to be Dalton, but uh, Thielen is fresh off an 11 catch, 145 yard game. Um, so I'm going to set his receiving yardage at let's go 49 and a half. Oh, damn, that's a bit higher than I wanted. Um, I was going to go with the over. Um, not high enough to let, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to go over. I'm going to bank on, I want Dalton to get one more start for this to go over and Mingo, he, he's in the concussion protocol. Yep. I'm very worried that he might miss this week. If he's out, I, I would definitely have this a bit higher. Um, so early in the week, I'll, I'll just go over here. I think he has multiple paths to clear this. Uh, we got a few of these revenge games, by the way. We got Calvin Ridley against the Falcons. Oh, nice. against <laughs> The against the Vikings. Vikings. Yep. As a reminder, the Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure that you have the best view of those pivotal plays and 
If your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your favorite team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Sean, who you got for tight ends top five? Uh, Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, and uh, George Kittle. Yep, I got Kelsey Hawkinson, Andrews, uh, Kittle, and then Waller. So, uh, same top five, pretty much. Um, who are you high on? Uh, Sam Laporta. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he broke the record for most receptions over the first three games of their career. Um, you know, I was thinking he could be the next TJ Hawkinson, but not this soon. Uh, but he is definitely there. Uh, he's seeing, you know, an 80% routes run rate. 26 and a half target rate which is just phenomenal and it an a dot which i think is ideal uh for a tight end right around six um so it's like the perfect storm for a tight end he's just outside of my top five right now but i think he's there i think he's probably going to be one of the more consistent tight ends in this range you know kittle might not be as consistent maybe even darren waller won't be as consistent uh you know can't trust goddard or pitts so Laporta could be in my rest of season top five the rest of the way. Uh, probably just need to see one more game, but um, he, he seems like one of the safer bets for four and a half or five receptions a, a game. So, I, like, I was high on him entering the season, but, like, he's blowing my expectations away. So, all in on Laporta this week. Yeah, he's my tight end six. He was my tight end six last week as well. He's just yeah, nice. he's getting too many routes. Um, <laughs> and and too, he's producing too much to, to have him any lower than that. And we're not concerned about Jamison Williams' return at all for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> that was one of the knocks on him. Like, is he still going to be the number two target when Jamison returns? Yes. yes. I think he's – I mean, it looks like, if anything, <laughs> it's it's more like worry about, like, Reynolds and all those guys because I think Reynolds was had a goose egg last week. And yeah. Jones saw his playing time go down. So, yeah, those guys are the guys yeah. uh, that will be affected the most. Uh, I am high on a fellow rookie, uh, Luke Musgrave. So same game. Uh, he's my <laughs> tight end 10. He's the tight end 13 in ECR. He's been running around on 82% of Jordan Love's dropbacks. And the Lions are giving up the second most fantasy points uh, to tight ends. So, uh, yeah, like this like this matchup for Musgrave. Looks like Watson might still miss another game, too. So, um, you know, not not too worried about the, the competition for targets here. Just going to go with the, the routes, which are generally the most predictive thing for these tight ends. You know, that's why Laporta, you know, is kind of on our radar because he was playing almost every snap and, you know, Musgrave is up there too at 82%. So I uh, like him as a top 10 this week. Yeah, the Lions have allowed six different tight ends to clear 30 yards. Nuts. In three games. That's insane. Yeah. This is, they do this <laughs> They do this every every so often. I feel like it's like the Lions, the Cardinals, the Giants. Like one of these teams <laughs> is going to be the worst against tight yep. ends every single year. Um, okay. Who are you low on a tight end? Uh, unfortunately it's Kyle Pitts again. Uh, you know, just, he has been one of the most frustrating tight ends since he's entered the league, not because of his talent, just the way the Falcons use him. Uh, you know, there's top three potential there for sure. Um, he's averaging a whopping 90% routes run rate, which is solid obviously, but only seeing a target on 16 and a half percent of those routes. And he's still only seeing targets downfield, you know, as a, eight out of 12, um, which, you know, we should only expect around like a 63% catch rate uh, that far down the field from an average quarterback. But, you know, Desmond Ritter is below average, 
uh, minus 6% in terms of completion rate um, over expected, according to next-gen stats, which is tied for third worst. Um, so he would need a good quarterback to, to really produce in fantasy, you know, with a 12 dot. Uh, plus, Bijan is commanding targets underneath, so that that removes all hope that you know Pitts is going to start seeing those underneath targets. Um, and like I said, at some point, Cordell Patterson might get involved, which is only going to take away you know a couple more targets to go around. So, unfortunately, you know Kyle Pitts is more of like a low end tight end one with this kind yeah. of usage. Sure, he's going to have like big games, but they're going to be every few weeks now, which is just super frustrating because the talent's there, but we just can't trust him as a top five tight end right now. Yeah, it's like him and him and London. Like it's just they're yeah, gonna have yeah. games, but like when? <laughs> like yeah. who knows? And when they don't have big games, it's usually gonna be pretty bad because yeah. it's not like it's not a normal volume passing offense. Uh, I am low on Hunter Henry compared to ECR. He's the tight end twelve in uh, expert consensus. I have him tight end eighteen. Uh, Dallas has given up the tenth fewest points to tight ends, but uh, this is more just I think. You know, Henry was a product of that high volume pass game against the Dolphins in week one. And then he, he was able to score again in week two. Uh, but generally his usage, you know, last week he ran around on 73% of the dropbacks. Uh, he's still mixing in, uh, splitting time with Mike Gusecki, uh, who's who's you know, getting around 50% or more. So I, I don't think Henry is, you know, even though he had two good games to start the year, uh, I think he's going to come back down to earth and regress a little bit. And uh, we started to see that last week. So. Yeah, I have him projected for like just over three catches for 37 yards. Uh, mm. And then there's not much touchdown equity yeah. uh, this week against Dallas. You know, I have the Patriots projected in the uh, in the teens uh, against this Dallas defense. So, uh, low on Henry. What are you doing for the tight end prop? Let's go with uh, Sam Laporta. Um, like I said, eight, the 18 receptions for the first three games is the most ever by a tight end. Um, five more than the previous uh, tight end so uh, he should still have the record after this week no matter what um, but let's go with his receptions um, I'm gonna set it at uh, four and a half oof uh, that's exactly what I have it at I know it's tough <laughs> where's your yeah. lean though <laughs> well let's see the Packers have given up the fourth most receptions to tight ends uh, and what is the port I think he has does he have five or more in every game let's see yeah, five, five, and eight. High uh, catch rate. His catch rate is the one thing I think yeah, it's could gonna regress. regress. Yeah, yeah. So Ooh. I think like four. Yeah, I think four and a half is a good line. Uh, good luck yeah. picking which side, but yeah, uh, I guarantee uh, that's what his prop's gonna be too. So. Oh yeah, it's it has to be. Yeah, you can't go five and a half, but three and a half is too low. Yeah, exactly. I'll go under. I'll say I'll say he gets <laughs> some yardage, but uh, yeah. I'll say they, they you know they maybe devote a little more attention to him this week. So uh, I'll go. They have they've only given up one five catch game, even though they've given up a lot of catches. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Like I don't know if Montgomery's going to play, but you know Gibbs' routes run rate is going up, and I think as that continues to go up, that could eat into Laporta. Uh, and you know he has what an eighty two percent catch rate. So yeah, I lean under, but. You know, betting against Laporta hasn't yeah. won anybody any money yet, so <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, I'll, I'll you know just just because I have it right exactly on that, so yeah. I'll, I'll go under. Um, but yeah, it's it's close. All right, that's going to do it for our Week Four NFL Player Projections episode of the Action Network podcast, presented by BetMGM. For more fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our full fantasy preview episode, which is out right now over on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel. Uh, if you're into betting, be sure to check out. 
my weekly betting preview episode right here every Thursday with Stucky. And uh, also be sure to check out the favorites podcast as well. Uh, ActionNetwork.com for all of our NFL fantasy and betting content. FantasyLabs.com for our DFS tools and models. You can follow Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. And we're at those same handles at the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.